Good morning. Welcome. You're listening to Facts of Faith. I'm Nayel Opondwa. We're together until 11 o'clock. Let's begin. Today we're talking about sexual liberation. Yes, you heard me right. Sexual liberation. And I'm curious to hear the various definitions of sexual liberation. But I'd like to hear, most importantly, a definition of sexual liberation within the context of religion. And it is not just about sexual liberation. It is the liberation of women within the context of religion. Can we say that women are sexually liberated within the context of religion? Actually, is there such a thing as sexual liberation in the context of religion? Because you'll listen to a lot of, well, people of faith. Speaking of sex as though it is something that's supposed to be done in the secrecy even of our conscience. When you listen to two people talking about sex, you some people feel like, how could you be talking about this? It's between you and your husband. That is, if you're a religious person in that, well, level. And some say it's between your husband and, 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 and his husband. Yes, husband and husband. And, and then you realize that our definition of liberation has exploded all over. Because sometimes when we speak of sexual liberation, we mean a married person and a person to whom they are not married. What exactly do we mean when we speak of sexual liberation? In the context of religion, can women be liberated if we can agree on a definition of sexual liberation? Now I'm going to share with you what we are focusing on when we speak of sexual liberation. We speak of a situation where a woman is going to be able to do as much as she wants within the religiously confined district descriptions. If we're going to be told you as a man can initiate sex with your wife, sexual liberation for women implies that a wife can also initiate sex with her husband. The same applies. If a woman is as liberated as we claim and as we insinuated last week, can then a woman go and propose love to a man and want to marry a man out of her own initiative? Can she? And if she does, how does religion view that kind of a woman? It seems as a modern day society views those kind of women as uh, loose, cheap. Do we have religious examples, perhaps scriptural examples where women are able to initiate sex? For example, I gave an example of uh, Boaz and Ruth. Ruth went and initiated. Okay, goaded by uh, Naomi, but she did initiate. She went and with, without Boaz's knowledge. Can, can, can women do that without the ire of society condemning them as whores or sluts or ill-behaved women? Women of low standards? What exactly can we say? In the religious context is women's sexual liberation. Or should we just forget about sexual liberation for women? That's our conversation for today. What does religion say about women and sexual expression? Can they be liberated and feel free to practice sex as they believe their scriptures allow them to? Facts of Faith begins right now. You're listening to Facts of Faith on SAFM. The views and ideas expressed in this program are views expressly of the people sharing them and not of the anchor or of that of this broadcaster. All persons, juristic or natural, are to be held responsible for their own representations offered on this program by their agents and not this corporation. Any and all consumption of our conversational substance is entirely at your own discretion. Please be advised that this program airs subject matter that has the potential to destabilize and challenge your intellectual equilibrium. If you are excitable, profound caution when consuming our subject matter is advised. Participation in this program is a voluntary enterprise and as such is expected to be considered and deliberated on. Kindly note that, just as the anchor is, all participants, guests and callers are encouraged to engage in this our freedom of expression and any of our civil liberties responsibly. Facts of Faith begins right now. Now let me introduce you to our guest for this morning. 
First, we have in the studio Najma Kota, broadcast journalist, radio and TV presenter, who is also a therapist and trauma counselor. Good morning to you, Najma Kota. Thank you very much for agreeing to talk to us again. Good morning. It's great to be here. Also, we do have on the line Empress Tandi Khamnuan, a Rastafarian woman who is not only a Rasta woman, but she's a wife, she's a mother, and right now... She is going to be part of the conversation to guide us from the perspective of Rastafarianism and being a woman in that context. Good morning to you, Empress, and thank you very much for agreeing to talk to us. Good morning to you, Nari, and good morning to the listeners, and thank you for having me. All right. Uh, we had scheduled another guest from the Christian faith. Unfortunately, she had to pull out last night because she had to go and preach elsewhere but we're okay with it because she agreed to talk to us at a different time and um, we will be hosting her again and uh, to her thank you very much and we wish her all the best in her preaching all right let's get down to the nub of it all um, let's begin with you Najima um, first of all your definition of sexual liber- liberation what, what is sexual liberation from where you stand Well, I think you need to define for me what sexual liberation is. What do you define as freedom? Okay. Uh, So you don't have your own. I do have my own. I'd like to hear your own. I I, I, I said it at the beginning. Liberation means being able to do as you please within the confines of what you believe is your religion. That was my definition. That's why I'd like to hear yours. Okay. So um, liberation in the Islamic context uh, in terms of the, the, the subject matter is that the Islamic sexual morality fundamentally different from new sexual morality in the sense that it does not accept the concept of free sex. Okay? Islam aims at teaching its followers not to suppress their sexual urges, rather to fulfill them, but in a responsible way. Islam recognizes the sexual needs of human beings and believes that the natural instincts should be nurtured, not suppressed. So that, for me, is liberation. Nice and diplomatic. I like. I like. Let's chew on it. When you say it should be expressed, nurtured, that's the word you use. It should be nurtured and not suppressed. What does it nurturing entail? Okay, so if you can answer my question on what you define as freedom, then I can answer that question. Freedom means being able to do, if you want to have sex with your husband, you can initiate sex with your husband. Okay, so we're not talking about liberation as in outside of marriage, premarital, uh, extramarital. If your religion allows it, yes, we're talking about that also. As a woman, do you believe that you're allowed within the confines of your faith to go outside, for example? No, so that would be the question of morality. So let's go back to your first point in terms of... Within the, 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 Within the marital, mari- marital context. Yes. Absolutely. So a to. woman is allowed to initiate sex. Absolutely. All right. And any she other... Is determ- she is regarded as an equal. Okay. And that includes practices that are fellatio, uh, for example. Um, well, yes. Because when we talk about nurturing, yes. what are the... You can be as as um, liberated yes. as you want to be yes. within that, within that uh, 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 sacred confine, if yes. you like, yes. because it's the way you express your sexuality. Okay, all right. And so it is only practiced within the context of marriage, you're saying? Yes. All right. Before marriage, are you able to show sexual interest to a man? That's if, natu- if, even if it is not to practice, but to say, I'd like you to be the father of my children, so marry me. Are you able to do that as a Muslim woman? Yes. Provided you don't act on it. Sure. Let, let's sure. talk within the confines of Islam. Yes. So within the confines of Islam, a woman can initiate and say, listen, I think you're a good man to yes. have. I would like to do things to you and you to me as husband and wife. Marry me. In other words, are you asking me whether we, I can propose? Yes. I can. And okay. I can give you an example. Yes, yes, yes. The first wife of the Prophet, وسلم, peace be upon him, Khadija. Yeah. May peace be upon her. Proposed okay. to the Prophet, peace be upon him. Yes. And she was much older than him. Okay. And he married her. Yes. And 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 are Muslim young ladies taught that today? Indeed. And they do that. Do they do that? Yes, I'm sure they do. I must just convert. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> okay. Let's go to the Empress. Em- Empress, um, your definition yes, of, right. of, of of sexual liberation. Um. Well, thank you. Um, I, I think I also agree with Najima that when someone just says um, sexual liberation, 
it's a very broad um, concept because we look at liberation in different ways. But I'll try um, as a Rasta woman, as an African woman, because first and foremost, I am a black woman um, raised within the context of the cultures and traditions that of my people. Um, becoming a Rasta woman, um, there is, for instance, Rastafari is not a religious movement per se that has a creed and defines or determines um, what is moral and, 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 and what is, um, you know, depending on, because when you talk religion, you're talking there's, there's supposed to be a, a, a higher power that decides what is right or wrong or good and bad or evil and good. Therefore, within the context of Rastafari, I would say I am guided most, first and foremost, by my culture and my tradition as a vendor woman. Um, And then, as a Rasta woman, there's a very um, interesting saying that is is, is common among we Rasta, which is, um, um, you will find often people saying who are Rasta that heaven is between the legs of of a woman. Um, This is because Sex is very much part of life. If there is no sex, there is no life because we only come through sex. Biologically Therefore, speaking, yes. We, yes. Biologically speaking and, yes. and, and realistically speaking, I don't think there's any, I've never heard of any other person that has been born without sex. Um, I'm, I'm, being I'm sure. Crazy. I'm sure you have heard. Just did not know artificial insemination. There was no sex there, and, oh, and many yeah. other forms like that. I'm sure you've heard. It just artificial, didn't come to mind artificial now. Artificial insemination still goes to the organs, the sexual organs of a human being. Correct, but there was no sexual activity. There was no sexual activity, but there was sex in that sperm can only come from sexual organ, or semen can only come from sexual organs. Um, therefore, the vagina, the, the uterus, and everything that forms part of, 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 of forming a child okay. is part of a person's sex. Therefore, I do not separate um, 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 that because without the, 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 the sperm from a man, okay. which come from his sexual organs, there okay. would be no sperm. All right. Yeah. Let's so, talk about initiating. Uh, is a woman allowed to initiate sexuality, and is, 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 that, is that acceptable within the rest of our eye context? It is very much acceptable between a man and a woman. For instance, we cannot define um, as a group whether your husband should be on top or the wife should be on top. That's between the preferences of two people involved. I think what we can get to as, a, as an organization or as a movement or as a group of people is what we see um, as, 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 as the implications of sex or the results of sex thereof. But as to what, whether I am able to initiate sex between my husband and I, that is also not going to come from what the Rastafari movement says, yes. but about what excites me sexually, okay. what makes me comfortable sexually. If I'm okay. comfortable to be on top, another Rasta woman might not be comfortable being on top during yeah. sex. Yeah. So therefore, this whole notion of defining for people what is um, liberation during sex. Yes. Another woman might find if a man says, well, I want you to be on top, she might find, ah, he's always telling me to be on top and I don't like it like that. Okay. Therefore, it starts from the individual, what they are able to happily participate in and feel that it fulfills them. Okay. Also, our bodies, though built the same, sex is not just a physical thing, it has to do with the mind. Okay. Therefore, I think in that regard, liberation will come from me as a woman, knowing myself, what I want, what I'm interested in. Okay. All right. We're going to take a break and come back. I'm going to come back and open the lines and start with our text messages because we'd like to get into this. Uh, and, and I don't mean that in any other way. I'm just simply saying we need to get to the bottom of it. Um, when we speak of sexual liberation, it has taken so many... Um, shapes and forms as you're listening to our guests trying to navigate their way through uh, this very topic. And I expect that many of you will take tangents as we go through our conversation. I hope not, but I expect that it will happen. But when it happens, please not be offended when we guide you as to say we're trying to keep it within the confines of our faith. Whatever our faith guides us to be. Because when we speak of sexual liberation and sexuality, Within the context of faith, we need to know exactly what 
our scriptures say? Do we have guidance or like the empress, there is no guidance there, our culture will dictate? Do you as a Christian, as a Jewish man or woman, uh, or, or as a Hindu man or woman, do you have any guidance as to how to navigate your sexual waters so that you are able to be Snap bang in the middle of propriety. You're doing it correctly. Whatever it is you believe is to be done. You're still listening to Facts of Faith. What's happened to the life insurance policies you bought over the years? The ones to provide for your family when you're gone? The ones to see you through retirement? When last did you check if they are still in force and what they are worth? Finding out used to be a hassle. Now an online search engine that gives you full report for free. It's called Verify. Verify with an I. For more, go to verify.co.za. This Sunday, 13 August at 7 p.m., former cop Brian O'Connor is called upon to bust a dangerous criminal, and he recruits the help of a former childhood friend and street racer who has a chance to redeem himself in Too Fast, Too Furious. The Fast and the Furious Fest, only on SABC3. It is Facts of Faith. Have the facts and not just the faith. You're listening to Facts of Faith on SAFM. The views and ideas expressed in this program are views expressly of the people sharing them and not of the anchor or of that of this broadcaster. All persons, juristic or natural, are to be held responsible for their own representations offered on this program by their agents and not this corporation. Any and all consumption of our conversational substance is entirely at your own discretion. Please be advised that this program airs subject matter that has the potential to destabilize and challenge your intellectual equilibrium. If you are excitable, profound caution when consuming our subject matter is advised. Participation in this program is a voluntary enterprise and as such is expected to be considered and deliberated on. Kindly note that, just as the anchor is, all participants, guests and callers are encouraged to engage in this our freedom of expression and any of our civil liberties responsibly. Facts of Faith begins right now. All right, um, and I'm hoping you have noticed that we have played that again, and we'll keep on playing it because the subject matter has the potential to destabilize most of our equilibrium, and we'll find many people blushing as we're talking on this subject. But it is an important subject to have also within the religious context, so please exercise profound caution and be discerning in your choice of words when you call in. The lines are open, 0891 sexual liberation in your faith. Is there such a thing? Can a woman be sexually liberated? And when we speak of sexual liberation, uh, what exactly do you mean by that? Because it has come up that we seem to be talking about different things when we speak of sexual liberation. I spoke to a friend of mine and she was talking about sexual liberation as to having sex with another man while she's married to another. And as far as she's concerned, she is entirely entitled to do that if we're going to speak of sexual liberation. Even though she says her faith doesn't have it in their documents, but she says she is entitled to exercise her sexual liberties because our country affords her those sexual liberties. A professor friend of mine who was uh, engaging me on this subject as I was preparing for it uh, also suggested that I must consider the fact that sexual liberation in postmodern society also includes, uh, in the religious context, men and women. In spite of what their scriptures say, men and went men rather, uh, homosexual love. And that should be expected also because we have advanced to postmodern times. And that's what this professor friend of mine suggested. And that we need to find scripture and navigate our waters quite clearly as far as scripture is concerned. And I was curious, do we have people who believe that too includes sexual liberation within the religious context? That's why we're having this conversation. When we speak to our children, when we engage with society, does religion have a solid understanding of what religion means when it speaks of sexual liberation? Because when you listen to the Empress and listen to Najma and you listen to many pastors, they are very diplomatic when they are defining sexual liberation. Can't we have a very clear cut, yes, no, it, that is going to cut through the rubble so that we, 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 we are clear about it? Right now, we, we, it seemed as though religion, and I've spoken to many, especially Christian uh, ministers, who seem to want to be politically correct about this. And yet, their scriptures, when you ask them about their scriptures, uh, they're not so politically correct. 
0891-104207. That's our text message line. Let me read some text messages and we'll go back to Najma. Hi, Naya. A Muslim woman is allowed to propose to a man in view of marriage. The first example is the wife of the Prophet, peace be upon him, Khadija. Well, we just got that from Najma, who proposed to him because of his excellent character. Mariam. I'm hoping I'm reading that correctly, Mariam. Thank you very much, Mariam. Another one says, the mere fact that women are assaulted and abused when they voice their opinions and feelings by male counterparts, it stands to reason they can never be sexually liberated, even outside church confinement. That's Isla. I'm not sure, quite sure I follow what you're saying there, Isla. Uh, please explain it or call even better. All right, Najma, mm. we, we, we're listening to the Empress, and the Empress is, is suggesting that um, her faith doesn't give her much to go on, so she relies entirely on her culture. And and I thought when I read her surname that she was Klosa, because Khamnoana is a Klosa word, but she says she's a vendor woman, and that's education to me. Uh, so, uh, culture... Does culture have any influence on your religious perspectives? I'm asking this because uh, as soon as you answer the question, I'm going to ask you to give us some uh, Quranic guidance, if there is anything from the Quran that speaks for or against the liberation of women in the sexual forum. Okay. I can't... um, Sorry, I can't quote directly from the Quran, but I can answer your question in this sense. In that, in Islam... The term um, freedom or liberation in this context is determined by the creator. So that is, uh, you know, that's when we um, talk about the right to freedom. Who gives us the right to freedom? Um, and in the modern context, you have, to de- you have to define that as well. Who created the freedom? Who decides on what is freedom? So for us, it's within those boundaries that is, conf- that is created by the Almighty. And that's it. So if there are cultural influences, it, it is inevitable that you will come from uh, perhaps, um, you know, your, 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 your background in terms of, say, Indian, uh, you know, inheritance, as it were. So uh, if there is a cultural crossover, then it it's, has nothing to do with Islam because we we are actually con, um, di, you know guided by the Creator. I imagine you'd words. say that, but you, you you said as a preface to what your answer is right now that you can't quote from the Quran. Implying because I'm not qualified to, but I can say to you that we have freedom of choice, right? Mm. And what is that freedom? How do we d- define freedom in terms of the Quranic law or God's law? That's why I'm answering you in a broader sense in terms of the, that, that, that um, the Creator has defined for us what freedom is according to Islamic law, right? So when we speak of um, um, us being protected, because freedom protects you. So what is it that this freedom gives you? You become a slave of your freedom. Okay. Joey, we we need to talk about because uh, it's man-made. What, yeah, we, we need to talk about um, what you mean when you say um, um, you're you're not qualified, um, and perhaps we might have to invite some uh, have an inter-religious debate, just Islam, to explain what it means. Are you saying you're not qualified to quote from the Quran because you're a woman? No, 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 absolutely not. It's just that um, one need, the Quran is. Uh, it's, 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 I just feel I'm not, I don't have the authority to. And but of course, if I had done that. You don't have the authority proper, because? Because I didn't uh, learn enough. I didn't study enough. Okay. All right. Uh, we'll take some calls. 0891 Let's go to Park Town. Jeffrey, good morning. Good morning, Naya. How are you? Well, thank you, Jeffrey. Go ahead. And your guest, thank you. Um, now, what I want to ask actually is. From a Muslim or a Arabic point of view, can taking into consideration the Arabian, not Arabian, sorry, Rastafarian view, the Rastafarian does not follow a specific, um, shall I say, priesthood or religion, as far as I know, and the sexual marital relationship, could that be defined by the woman concerned? And also, can you give us your view from a Jewish point of view and the Quran. Thank you very much. Uh, uh, not the Quran, the um, 
Jewish faith, the book that you follow. Thank well, you. Hold, hold on. Uh, when you say mine, are you mean me as Nyat? You as Nyat, not. <laughs> and your your view is that I'm Jewish. Right? Is, is that your view? Is your view that I am Jewish? Well, you have stated that before on your uh, on your radio show, SAFM, about two or three years ago when you did a series at 8 o'clock in the evening to 9 o'clock on the evening. That so I, I do know that now because you said that on radio. No, I never said that. But remember now you've been on radio from 8 to 9 in the evening over the years. It was 7 to 9. Uh, but I, again, again... Again, I, I hear you, and 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 um, I, I got your point. Thank you very much, Jeffrey. Just clarify. Let's clarify a few things. Uh, let's go to Crystal now. Let's clarify a few things. I I am not Jewish, and I, I don't have anything. Be- Actually, I have many views that I agree with from the Jewish faith, but I am not Jewish, nor am I Muslim, nor am I of any of these that you think that I am, you'd be surprised to learn what I actually am. Uh, now, my view, you wanted to hear my view. My view is utterly irrelevant. Not because I'm not allowed to. As a journalist, I'm allowed to share my views and my opinions. But for the hour that we have, my view becomes utterly irrelevant. I cannot be sp- spending time with my view. I'll spend time with the documents that exist within these faiths and then we'll live that the rest of the, to our guests if you'd like to hear my view uh, a different time we have only one hour okay I'm hoping this is abundant clear we don't have to explain this again let's go to Crystal Crystal yeah and I, how are you brother? I'm well brother how are you uh, yeah I'm fine stop spending time defending yourself uh, however and I, like what I want to provide you here is a clear cut of of this thing of sexual morality because I want to say the 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 aspect not yeah sexual liberation I mean the aspect of morality has limited sexual liberation in religion in in in, in its entire even in using myself I'm, I'm a Christian and then there is an issue of morality there that sex. Uh, is, is this thing that is seen as secret and then it must be done in a particular time. And then if you are doing it outside that time or outside those rules, then it's regarded as, as immoral. So there cannot be a sexual liberation when there is an aspect of morality because morality itself will limit the whole thing that you cannot do this, you can do this alone. Tell me, Crystal, when you speak of yeah. liberation, what do you mean? It's freedom, right? It's like you are allowed to, to, to do what you want to do. Such you as? Are, you are allowed to exercise your, 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 your sexual desires as you wish. Such as? Person. Such as you can meet with two people at the same time and so on. Ah, you see? okay. That, right. is, that is brutal. Okay, so you're saying it is that that is not allowed, that sexual liberation is, is not allowed within the confines of religion? In my religion, that is seen as immoral, and then you cannot do those things. And then if you are married, you cannot also engage in, in, in sexual activities with another person. So, because it is immoral. <clears throat> so the issue of morality, in all these religions, you can you can check, it is, it is, it is the, it is the one that is a limiting fact. But you, you do have an example in, in your faith. You do believe in King Solomon, who had lots of sexual relations with women to whom he was not married. The, 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 the Bible calls them concubines. How many did they have? Seven hundred and three hundred yeah. wives. Surely you do know that that was not even frowned upon by your God. Yeah, but uh, I'm not clear about that story. Uh, let me I'm give you another clear. example. Don't worry. If you don't know that story, we have the story of, of Abraham, which cuts across yeah. all faiths. Abraham had two concubines, married to one, Sarah, and then had two concubines. How do you explain that? Yeah, you, you, you see, Nai, yes. this thing, in fact, this issue of morality yes. is more focused on women. Hold on, we're talking about your Bible. You said, as far as your Bible is concerned, your Christian faith, hey. it does not permit you having sex with somebody you're not married to. And yet we have many examples where your patriarchs, the patriarchs of your faith, 
had sex with women with which they're not married. We have Judah, who had sex with his daughter-in-law. Of course, he didn't know he thought she was a prostitute. But again, he knew that he was having sex with a prostitute in his mind. Joseph. Yes. You see, I'm saying, this issue of morality is more focused more on women. Based on what? What are you basing that on, Crystal? A man, through the years, men have been allowed. We have been allowed to, to have multiple partners. By who? Who by allowed you? Who allowed you, Crystal? Our religion. As you are quoting those, those things that you are quoting from the Bible, those yeah. that you are quoting from the Bible, you can check all of those people are men. I think you cannot find a woman there that has many husbands. Ah, that woman will be a bad story in the Bible that will be telling you what, what you're not supposed to do. Yes, the woman at the well. I understand. Yes. So you're saying that the Bible, because it has examples of men who did this, therefore it allows men to do it? Yes, the issue of, like, our president has more than one wife. It's allowed in our culture. Hold on, our president is not in the Bible. Let us not bring in President Juzuma here. He's not in the Bible. Uh, We're asking about your Bible. Yes, I'm saying even our president, it allows us to have polygamy. That is allowed. I I don't think it is seen as bad. (laughs) Hold on. Again, again, you are talking about Um, polygamy. We are not talking, I'm asking about the concubines. He was not married to the concubines. When when Jacob had two concubines, uh, Zilpah and Bilhah, he never married them. They, They were just given to him for sexual gratification and, by the way, to have children. Never for marital purposes. Ah, the Bible does not agree with that. That was a pattern. That they were showing you what not to do. They are showing you that you should not do those kinds of things. All right. Thank you very much, Crystal. Um, Appreciate your call. Let's move on to Cape Town. Oscar, good morning. Well, hi, good morning. I'm Oscar from Cape Town. Are you well? Well, thank you, Oscar. Go ahead. Great. And good morning to your distinguished guest as well. Thank you for taking my call. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. Okay. So, speaking from the Christian point of view, and I know just saying that already provides a plethora and a multitude of different responses because of all the very many denominations that exist in Christianity. Mm. But there is a, a, a common thread that can be understood and shared with independence of the faith of Judaism, Christianity, and Islam with regards to the topic of sexual liberation. And you made a beautiful point earlier on, my friend, when you said that we live in a post-modern society and a post-modern culture. And then you further went on and said that, you know, you, you've got all these biblical texts in front of you as an example. Yes. And you find that with regards to the ministers of the Christian faith, they tend to try and be very, very politically correct when they answer you or when they try and answer you and that they're not too eager to speak upon the more hard-hitting text found in both the Old and the New Testament. And there's a reason for that. The reason for that is because we find ourselves as you actually said, in a post-modern culture where sexual liberation and sexual expression has become more and more of the norm. There's, in this culture we have today, no right way and no wrong way. What's right for me is right for me. What's right for you is right for you. I'm not right. You're not wrong. I'm not wrong. You're not right. So when we understand this, the climate and the culture we live in, we can understand why a great majority of ministers of the faith, whether they be Christian ministers, or whether they be imams, or tablisis, or whether they be Hindu priests, whatever it might be, they are really trying to not upset the order of things by <laughs> speaking upon those hard things, because it will invoke nothing but rage and anger from the community at large which will make or paint these ministers or these imams or these rabbis as being ultra-conservative from an era that's long 
bygone. Are, are you with me so far? No, no, I'm not so, with you. Just hold the thought. I need to, need to take a break um, and we'll do, we need to come back and, and speak to right. our guests. But I need you to make your okay, point briefly. Right. All right, sure, no Hold the thought. Hold the thought. I need you to take a break and come back. And when we come back, I'll give it up to you to once again. Please be brief, Oscar. It is Facts of Faith. Have the facts and not just the faith. You're listening to Facts of Faith on SAFM. The views and ideas expressed in this program are views expressly of the people sharing them and not of the anchor or of that of this broadcaster. All persons, juristic or natural, are to be held responsible for their own representations offered on this program by their agents and not this corporation. Any and all consumption of our conversational substance is entirely at your own discretion. Please be advised that this program airs subject matter that has the potential to destabilize and challenge your intellectual equilibrium. If you are excitable, profound caution when consuming our subject matter is advised. Participation in this program is a voluntary enterprise and as such is expected to be considered and deliberated on. Kindly note that, just as the anchor is, all participants, guests and callers are encouraged to engage in this our freedom of expression and any of our civil liberties responsibly. Facts of Faith begins right now. All right, Oscar, be brief. 30 seconds, go. Yes, no problem. So just to wrap up, and I'm speaking from the Christian point of view now, with regards to sexual liberation, when you study the text, especially the ones that you are referring to, no, there is not much room for sexual liberation within the Christian faith. The Apostle Paul said so beautifully that, you know, a bishop, for example, a leader in the church, needs to be the husband of one wife. So we are not at liberty to have two, three, four, ten wives. If you're a leader and or a bishop. But if you're not a bishop or a leader, then you can do as you please. Is that it? I beg your pardon? You said, the scriptures you quoted in the New Testament, I think it was yes. Timothy, if I'm not mistaken, it, they say, yes, they say if you want to be a deacon or a bishop, but if you don't want yes. to, have be, to, to be a, de- a bishop or a deacon, you can let rip, you can do as you please. No, the scriptures do not say that because Jesus himself, when correcting the religious leaders of his day, spoke about the issue of divorce as well. Okay, let's not, go into the, let's, let's, not, let's not talk about divorce. Let's move on. Thank you very much, Oscar. Yeah. Appreciate your call. Sure Najwa, you're here in the calls. Would you like to respond first before we move on? Mm-hmm. Well, I think the, the, the one thing that um, strikes me as uh, interesting is that, uh, you know, I want to just ask, why do we see the subject as taboo, first of all? Who made it taboo? Right, um, and we all cringe when it comes to that. But from from listening to your uh, callers, I think that we find that there's a huge cultural influence in uh, where they're coming from. But when we talk about postmodern uh, culture, then that is a man-made culture, and I, I do believe that that definition of freedom uh, is is what leads to uh, slavery in a sense. So I think we need to think about what control do we have, and does our religion allow us to have control over wanting to explore our sexual desires and, and the bottom line is absolutely who made it taboo brilliant brilliant thinking there Najma. let's go to the empress empress you heard the callers would you like to respond before we move on Yes, I'd like to respond, but first I'd like to also um, shed a bit of light or maybe make a point of correction on something that you said earlier. Okay, go ahead. Um, yes, my point was that in Rastafari there is no dogma. Like, for instance, we're not guided by what, the, the Bible or the Quran in okay. terms of yes. how we are sexual and engage in sexual um, intercourse and sexuality. Yeah. The Rastafari movement is a very practical movement, a movement where we say it takes a Rasta man and a Rasta woman to have Rastafari. Therefore, we Rasta determine what is Rasta, what makes a Rasta man and what makes a Rasta woman. A man does not tell me how to be a woman, just as I cannot tell a man how to be a woman. We are able to come together as Rasta. We have what you call reasonings um, where we are able to sit and look at our lifestyle, which we call the liberty, which goes into all aspects of the Rasta as a person, as a human being. Sex is not just, you know, um, 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 a, a, a single part of a person's liberty. It's all included in, 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 in how you conduct yourself in your daily life. So if you want um, yes and no answer, as a Rasta woman, I feel and am convinced that I am very liberated because I have the space 
to sit with other Rasta women, to sit with, with Rasta men and Rasta women and look at our liberty and say, what makes us a people? Because as a people, we are a very different group of, of, um, um, of, of people. I think it takes a very liberated woman, first and foremost, to become Rasta. Yeah. You will notice that Rastafari is not necessarily an acceptable way of life to people. And a woman that can be in a community where she can be able to um, um, define what she eats, what she can smoke, because we don't judge, um, we are not judge. You don't hear us men saying that um, we can smoke herb, but the women cannot do it. There is nothing that a Rasta woman does that the Rasta man does not do. The fact that, for instance, I walk with my hair wrapped in a turban, if you look at my husband, he has also the same um, way of, of, of life and way of dress, way of conduct as me. So in my point in saying that we do not have a dogma that tells us that there is someone sitting up there in the sky looking at you as a woman and what you do with your um, 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 with your body when with your, with your, with your, um, husband or with your mate, um, there is no evil where two people come together and determine what makes them happy sexually when they, when, when they unite. So it's based solely the responsibility of the Rasta man and the Rasta woman to determine what makes Rastafari. All right. Let me read some text messages. Thank you very much, Empress. Let's read some text messages for you, and um, uh, and, and then we'll continue. But let's continue while she's busy clarifying some of the points there. My producer, that is. Uh, when, when Empress, you say it is entirely between the Rasta man and the Rasta woman, uh, does that include... Um, uh, People that are outside the Rasta man and the Rasta woman can, for example, uh, Crystal made an example of menage trois. Is that also acceptable if the Rasta man agrees with the Rasta woman to have a third person in your marriage bed? Is that also entirely dependent on the two of you? Dependent on the on the two people. Um, if, if myself and my kingman agree that we would like to include a, 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 a second um, um, person, a woman, into our, 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 our marriage, it would have to be entirely between the two of us. If I am not happy about it, then it is a no-no, because then it will just be about him. But as I said earlier, um, yeah, I think this will also um, um, answer your question. You were confused as to why I am Kamwana and then I'm saying I'm a vendor woman. It's because I'm a vendor woman who is married to a closer man. Okay. Um, okay. Yes. Okay. Um, the thing is, my husband cannot just then um, go outside of our agreement and then bring in a third person. Um, that is, would be irresponsible. Got it. So it you, 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 you can agree to have a third person, and that's also acceptable as far as Rasta is concerned. There are um, a lot of families that are um, what we call polygamous. For, for, no, for, no, no, for not polygamy. Polygamy implies marriage, and that's acceptable. I have no problem with that. I'm talking about yes. just for sexual practices. If Udato Khamnuan sees a woman yes. and says, my, my, my queen, I would like to bring that lady into our marriage bed, just you and me and her, all three of us tonight, uh, just for sexual practices, is, is, is that acceptable as far as Rasta is concerned? You would have to, um, this will be the easiest thing for me to respond to because we've, we've had this conversation a number of times. Okay. Um, if he could respond to you, he would tell you that I always say, if he's bringing a third woman, he's going to have to give me um, a very valid reason as to what it is that that woman is bringing that I am not able to provide. Okay. Right. Um, if he's going to come here and say, well, there's this thing that I want, and because you are built this way or you are in a particular way, you're not able to do it, and we, I, I, I am in agreement that it's something that I would never be able to, okay. for instance, achieve. Okay. Yeah, yeah, here's got, a question that the producer is really keen on. Um, are you able to invite another man into your marriage bed? 
um, should should you want to do so as a Rasta woman? Is a Rasta woman entitled to say, my husband, I'd like to bring another man so that we can I can have two men in my bed uh, tonight? Is is that allowed within Rasta context? I I think when we talk, um, it's liberation. It's sexual liberation. Then where you are going um, means that we we start to act in in human ways. For instance, did you because say inhuman? Yes, I said inhuman okay. as in not people. Like for instance, if I am a, an animal, there is no family involved. There will be no children that are produced and grow with a certain way of life that is synonymous with human humans living. Um, because for me now, the, the, the whole thing of being able to have two men is not a question of what my husband thinks of me. It's when I look at when I when I the way that I, I feel and see and think of myself as a woman, as a mother of kids, I don't think it would um, benefit me even personally to 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 sleep with uh, two or three men. I think this, when if we are talking liberation and liberation, then means just doing um, and, and not concerned with the implications of of what you're doing. Then we would have the, the, the same kind of sex that, for instance, uh, dogs do, because you can have sex with anybody um, at any time, anywhere. If you're a dog, it doesn't matter. But humans are a species that have created what we call family. We raise children in this family. Got it, got I it. have I have children that I would not want to see me uh, 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 bringing three, four or so different men into my bed coming in and going and at the same time I want to raise them as human beings. I understand, I, I understand. I've got to move on because we we're remaining with six minutes now. Najma also to breathe on this matter. From the Muslim perspective, how does it fare? In terms of? Uh, of of the, the, this liberation that we've spoken about. Um, Bringing in a third uh, correct. partner is yes. not allowed. All right. I want to read some not d- unless it's, um, of course, a marriage partner. Even if it's a marriage partner, you cannot have the third person in your bed. At the same time. At the same All time. All right. All right. Let's read some text messages before we conclude our conversation. One reads, please ask your guests why Muslim women wear a burqa and cover up their sexuality. Why do they cover their hair? Many women express their liberation through hair, fashion in their bodies. Men too. If Muslim women were truly liberated, why the need to restrict their freedom of expression? That's Andrew in KZN. Judge response. Well, the straightforward answer to that is that um, externally, uh, you see, because we, with the modesty and the sexual exploration is within the confines of a marriage, you can do whatever you want. You can be as uh, sexual as you want to be and... Um, Explore that. And why wear a burqa? Uh, why wear a burqa? Because it's not open. It's part of my modesty. So I'm I'm not free. Uh, uh, sorry, I wouldn't want to give um, another man the liberty to look at me in a way that makes me a sex object. And that is what the burqa or the hijab is about. And you you, you are allowed to take it off in the context of, context of family when your brother and your husband absolutely exactly so you are exp- allowed to express yourself in the context of a safe Correct. environment all right more text messages are sent to 40938 40938 one other text message read sexual liberation liberate from what the word implies capture but <laughs> but, but by who by what if it is the faith the question is Already answered. That's Ben M. Very interesting thinking there of Ben M. Another one says, Jesus said, whoever breaks the law of God will never see the kingdom of heaven. And and that text must ends there. I'm not quite sure what you mean by that anonymous text which is writer. Please uh, clarify what you mean by that. Another one says, marriage is the only place where the expression of love has no limits. Intimacy clearly means just that. It is private between a man and a woman where just the knowledge of what they were they share in the sacredness of marriage which is holy. The reason Jesus said what God has joined together let no man put asunder is because he knew that the holiness of marriage trust and intimacy is broken when people wander outside the boundaries that are set. God burnt down Sodom and Gomorrah for the, there was much sexual liberation resulting in orgies. 
clearly men will always want to satisfy the flesh and women are put under pressure to stay in a relationship uh, that can be abusive. Pornography has added to the so-called sexual liberation and that is not of God. From Arlene, Peter Maritzburg. Lovely Arlene, thank you very much. The other one says, Quran is the Ten Commandments. Muslims live the law of God. Christians do not know the law of God because they broke the law of God. Okay. And that one is not signed. All right. One minute literally each. I'm going to begin with you, Najma. Your concluding remarks. My concluding remarks is that I have the right to choose. Um, I have the right to choose who to marry as a Muslim woman. And I have a right to choose who to divorce or why I want to divorce. And that gives me uh, freedom. Okay. All right. Empress. Yes, hi. I, my conclusion is that women should never be um, forced to remain in relationships that are abusive. Women should never be allow anyone to tell them that they have to be submissive to a man. A woman forms part of a family, and that family is a man and a woman. And man and woman are equal human beings that are able to make decisions together and determine what makes them happy and why, as to why they came together. And to say that Rastafari remains a movement where, as a woman, I'm liberated because everything that applies to me as a woman has the same implications for the Rastaman with whom I have chosen to make my life with. Both of you, Empress Khamnuana and also uh, Najma Kata, thank you very much for your insights. I really enjoyed today's program. Thank you, so did I. Thanks for the, for the opportunity again. Now, I want to conclude our conversation by saying this. When we speak of sexual liberation, we are speaking about literally sexual liberation. But in the context of scripture, I still am curious to hear anyone quoting from scripture and saying, this is the scripture that gives me liberation to do what I am doing. And one point that Najma point out, they point out there, and I'd like to leave you with that point. She asked, why do we find talking about sex taboo? Who made it taboo? I like that comment. This is the embodiment of our program. Who made it taboo? From me, Naida Pondwana, and the team, have a wonderful day and Godspeed. Let's go back to the news.